They say there's no place like it, and it's where the heart is. It can be both a physical place and an obscure concept. In its walls, we have everything we've ever owned and needed, yet we are always adding to it. We eat, sleep, play, bathe, and even move our bowels in our humble abodes. What would we do without our nest? Or a roof over our heads to shelter us from the storm? Who is it? It's me! Welcome to my crib. Make yourself at home. We'll hone in on the home on this week's episode of F. Why I welcome to for your info English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for your English. Welcome back to the topic-based show where we learn about everything and anything under the sun. And if you haven't heard a topic that you'd like to hear about yet, it's because you haven't let me know. Just contact me on social media, or you can go to my website, albertoalonso.com. But the real place to find me is in my curious community. We are learning and laughing every day over on Patreon. And we've been doing it for over three years now. We have such an amazing community of English explorers, and I'm proud of them. And now it's even easier to stay in touch with my students because there's a new chat feature. So if you want to join our curious community and get in on the fun, go to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso, and you can get a bonus episode every week. You can get PDF documents with all the vocabulary we look at in each episode. And believe me, we look at a lot of expressions, structures, and vocabulary in every episode. If you're in our higher levels, you can get weekly review classes with me. And if you're in our interstellar level, you get all that stuff and you get a monthly private class with me where we gauge your progress and we work specifically on the things that you need to work on. And if you sign up for a year, which I highly recommend, then you'll get two months off. That's a pretty huge discount, and if you do the math, you'll see it's well worth it. Don't wait any longer. Go on over to our community on Patreon and find out what you're missing out on. I'd like to send a shout-out to all my patrons, especially my super-duper students, Marta, Lina, Javier, Paco, Roberto, Jose Maria, and Mila. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Isa, Paco, David, and Edgar. Keep up the great work. And if you, FYIer, that's listening right now, is hungry for more, then what are you waiting for? Join us on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Membership has its privileges. 
All right. So are you guys in the house? Hey, there's our first idiomatic expression. Presente. So if I say Jose Maria is in the house or Isa is in the house, I mean that they're here. We don't necessarily have to be indoors, but we're going to take a look at a lot of idiomatic expressions later in the bonus episode. Let's start off with our intro. I started off by saying there's no place like it. Did anybody recognize the reference? There's no place like home. There's no place like home. It's from The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy and Toto. Remember, she clicks her heels together and she says that three times. And then we have another expression that is home is where the heart is, which is why I say in the next line, it can be both a physical place and an obscure concept. I said in its walls, we have everything we've ever owned. Poser. We say to possess as well. But since own is shorter, we usually opt for that one. So everything we've ever owned and needed, yet we are always adding to it. Yeah, everybody wants more stuff, it seems. And careful with the pronunciation. Stuff, staff. Stuff, cosas. Staff, plantilla. If you have a lot of stuff in your house, then you might need a staff, if you can afford it. Then I said we eat sleep, play, bathe, and some other things I won't mention, but you can use your imagination. But we even move our bowels here. And to move your bowels is a nice way of saying to go to the bathroom. And if you notice, I said, in our humble abodes. This is a very formal way to say my home. A lot of times when people have come to my house in the States, The normal expression would be, welcome to my humble abode. So now we just learned another synonym for the word house. And be careful with that word bathe that we looked at. Bathe is the verb and a bath is a noun. I've seen students mix those words up a lot. So you could say, I'm going to bathe or I'm going to take a bath. The British would say, I'm going to have a bath. And where do you have a bath? In the bathtub. But don't worry, we're going to visit all the rooms of the house on today's show. Then I said, what would we do without our nest? And we call it the same thing as you guys, a nest. We are nestled in our nests. It reminds me of us in the evening on the sofa when the day is done. We are cuddling or snuggling in our nest. I love to cuddle. I love to snuggle. And especially if you have a nice toasty blanket. Toasty is another way of saying warm. By the way, guys, make yourself at home. Get cozy in this episode. Put on your slippers or go barefoot. It's up to you. But get cozy. We're going to learn a lot of stuff as I take you around my home today. Then I also use the expression, a roof over our heads. And that's another way of saying a house. I remember my dad saying, I put a roof over your head. You must respect me. That means I provide a home, a shelter. If you remember, we just looked at the word shelter in the Rolling Stones episode. Gimme shelter. What a great song. But we all need shelter. We all need that protection from the storm. And when I say storm, I'm talking about a figurative storm, not just a literal storm. I remember when I lived in New York City. I mean, that place is chaos. It's hustle and bustle. 
So your home is your sanctuary. It was your shelter away from the storm. Then you heard the doorbell ring and I said, who is it? Remember, we don't say, who are you? When we answer the phone or the door, we say, who is it? And then the person who answered, which was me, by the way, if you didn't figure that out, didn't say, I'm Alberto. They said, it's me or it's Alberto. And I wrapped up saying, welcome to my crib. I think the Spanish equivalent would be Mikeli, my crib, which is also cuna. A baby sleeps in a crib that's located in the crib. <laughs> hey, we're always playing with words, amigos. So make yourself at home as we hone in on the home. Look at that tongue twister. And to hone in on is to make it our objective. So we are going to hone in on the home on this week's episode. As always, we start with a little etymology. And, well, we wouldn't have a home, many of us, because I don't know about you, but I can't pay up front. I have to get a loan from a bank. And that specific loan for a home is called a mortgage. Now, I know it has a T in it, but that T is silent. It's mortgage. It rhymes with bridge. And if you haven't figured it out, the word mortgage comes from the old French word, which literally means dead pledge, which obviously comes from Latin. Mortus gage, pledge. And a pledge is una promesa, a vow or a promise. So I used to joke about that and say, Mortgage starts with mort. Isn't that ironic? No, it's done on purpose. Till death do us part. And in many cases, many people are paying off mortgages their entire life. And if you notice, the word I used is to pay off. And that can mean to pay it completely or to pay it monthly. So if you said it in context, I'm paying off my mortgage in 30 years. A plazos. But if you just say, I just paid off my mortgage... That means you paid it completely. So I guess that's where context is very important. But we'll talk about mortgages and interest rates a little bit later. I don't know if I'm ready for that conversation yet. Let's take a look at history. What about the oldest evidence of homes? Well, if you think about it, they were shelters at first. And what can be a shelter from the storm? A tree. If you had a cave nearby, well, you could make that cave your home. That's where we get our cavemen from. And then some of the Native Americans, they developed tents and teepees. But the oldest archaeological evidence of house construction comes from Oldupai Gorge. This is a site in Tanzania, and the structure is around 1.8 million years old. But excavators found tools and houses on these grounds. So I guess it's a basic human need, isn't it, on Maslow's hierarchy, shelter. So even if we didn't have, you know, a nice brick house or a nice stucco house, we had a roof over our heads and something that seemed like walls. Think of homeless people as well. What are they looking for before anything else? Shelter. That's why a lot live under a bridge or an overpass. This way, if it's rainy or windy, they're protected from the elements. So we're going back to that basic need to be sheltered, to be protected, to be warm. I think it even comes from being in our mother's womb. It's innate. So let's discuss the difference between a home and a house. In a nutshell, a house requires a physical structure. A home does not. 
but I looked up the definition of both of them. A home is the place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of a family or household. It's also an institution for people needing professional care or supervision. So if I say my grandmother is in a home, that means a nursing home where they take care of elderly people. So that's another usage of the word home as well. And a house is a building for human habitation, especially one that consists of a ground floor and one or more upper stories. And a story is the same as a floor, una planta. Just remember, sometimes it's used as an adjective. So in New York, I lived in a five-story building, not a five-stories building. And that's based on a true story, by the way. I'll continue here with the definition. It is a single-unit residential building. It may range in complexity from a rudimentary hut, un chiringuito, to a complex structure of wood, masonry, concrete, and or other materials. They are usually outfitted with plumbing. Well, before we had plumbing, people had outhouses. And an outhouse was a bathroom which was located outside of your house. I don't know about you guys, but I wake up at least once in the middle of the night to go to the loo, as my British friends say. And I don't like getting out from under my blanket and going to the bathroom, which is three steps away. Just imagine getting up, going outside, and taking care of your business in the middle of a cold winter night. Yeah. So sometimes I guess we take plumbing for granted. It also has electrical and heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. Again, not all of them, but these are things that you can find in a house and are part of the definition. They also provide sheltered spaces, for instance, rooms, which we'll take a look at, where domestic activity can be performed, such as sleeping, Getting down. All right, there it is. I said it. Fine. Preparing food, eating, and of course, hygiene. As we said before, bathing and brushing our teeth. Our homes can also provide workspaces and spaces for leisure. And the physical forms of homes can be static, such as a house, and we'll look at different kinds now, or an apartment. The British call it a flat. Or a mobile type, such as a houseboat or a trailer. Also, the idea of home encompasses the ideas of exile, being sent away from your home, like Napoleon. Yearning, this is añorar, to miss something. Belonging, that you feel like you belong, que perteneces. Being homesick, and being homesick is you miss your home. I think you say moriña in Spanish. And, as we said, something that continues to be a problem, homelessness, which we'll take a look at later in the bonus part when we look at the dark side. But as one of my favorite comedians said, it's not homelessness. A home is a concept. It's houselessness. And it's true. So let's take a look at some of the different kinds of homes available out there. And also, depending on what country you live in, there are different styles, there are different materials. All of that makes homes part of the cultural landscape as well. So let's look at the difference between a condo and an apartment or a flat. 
The word condo is short for condominium, and a condo can be similar in structure to an apartment. It's usually a unit within a larger residential building. But normally, when we say the word condo, we're talking about a home that is owned instead of rented. In general, the property taxes of a condo are paid by the owner, whereas if you're renting an apartment, the property taxes are often paid by the landlords, not the renters. So a condo is if you own it, an apartment or a flat is if you're renting it. Then you've got a ranch, which these are really popular in the United States. And it's weird because it has nothing to do with cowboys and a farm. That would be called a farmhouse. And we're going to find out why most barns are red in the bonus part when we take a look at fun facts. There's a very interesting reason why barns are red. But a farmhouse is not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a ranch. And a ranch is a one-level home. They're very popular in many places in the United States. But of course, you can have homes that have at least two, three, four stories. We usually call these townhouses. A townhouse is usually connected to other buildings, so I think you might call it adosado. But it's usually a tall, narrow, traditional terraced house, and it usually has about three or four floors. Then you've got your single-family homes, which those are on their own. They're not next to another home, or at least not on top of it or connected to it. And these, you can have many different styles. We had stucco, but you see Victorian, which are lovely. They have those porches. And obviously, in these single-family homes, you usually have a big yard, a front yard and a backyard. Whereas with a townhouse, you usually have a common area, maybe a pool, maybe some tennis courts, but you don't have your own private yard usually. Obviously, single-family homes are the most popular. They are also the most expensive because you're paying for the property as well. And as we know, the bigger it gets, well, the closer it gets to becoming a mansion, which is the biggest home we can talk about. And again, there are as many styles as there are kinds of houses. Art Deco. Miami has an amazing Art Deco architecture. Then you've got co-ops, which I think you have that too, cooperativas, where everybody chips in and all decisions are made together. We mentioned apartments before or flats, but we forgot to mention the most sought-after ones, also the most costly ones, the suite or the penthouse or the high-rise apartment. If you've got a lot of cash, this is awesome because you get an amazing view. But obviously, the higher you get, the higher the price tag is. And we didn't talk about vacation homes. A lot of times, people have a summer cottage in their village. Hey, look, those two words rhyme. Cottage, village, a summer home maybe down at the beach or maybe a winter home in the mountains. Some people have bungalows. But now we're going to take a look at different rooms that you'll find in almost any house. And remember this, guys. Your house is an amazing place to learn English. You can learn how much, how many, just by opening your fridge and practicing your countable and uncountable nouns. My daughter and I practice whose socks are these when we're folding the clothes. We learn so many different verbs when we're cooking, just doing household chores. And we'll take a look at some chores in the bonus episode. But as I always say, if it's in your house... 
you should know the noun and the verb associated with it. So, for example, if your house is dusty, you need to dust it with a duster. If you've got dust on the floor or crumbs, then you need to sweep the floor with a broom. You might want to mop it afterwards with a mop. Hey, that one was easy. We'll take a look at some more chores in the bonus episode. Right now, we're going to enter the house through the front door, and you'll find the foyer. Some people say the foyer if they want to sound French, but we say foyer where I'm from. And this is literally the entranceway. There's usually a little table, maybe a mirror. You have a key rack or a coat rack. It's the first part of your house you see. Then you've got my favorite part of the house, the living room, or the den as we call it. And this is usually the room where you spend a lot of time together, playing board games, watching a movie, cuddling up on the sofa. Just remember, the word is couch, not coach. That's a very common mistake. In the living room, you'll also find a coffee table. Perhaps you have some end tables. Also, if it's the holiday season, it's where you put your Christmas tree up. If you have guests over, it's usually where you entertain them. And some living rooms have a dining room attached to them. And a dining room, well, that's where you have your dinners. But usually not your everyday dinners. Usually they're reserved for holidays or when you have guests over. If not, you just use the little kitchenette table in the kitchen. But the dining room is usually where you have your fine china. Porcelana we call china. You have silverware. And don't forget to put a tablecloth on it because we all know that little Junior doesn't like using coasters. And a coaster is un posavasos. Is anybody getting hungry? Let's leave the dining room before my mouth starts to water. I've got a turkey in the oven right now. Hey, it's better than having a bun in the oven. To have a bun in the oven means to be pregnant. <laughs> I'm roasting a turkey right now as we speak. Can you smell it? Mmm, it smells delicious. I've got it in the oven. Remember, we don't say oven, we say oven. And I'm sautéing some wild mushrooms on the stove. La vitroceramica. I've got pots and pans in the kitchen. I've got appliances such as blenders, coffee makers. Don't forget my kettle. The kettle is a very British thing. It's a thing that heats up water for, you guessed it, tea. You've also got your fridge. How can I forget? Your fridge, your freezer... You've got your cabinets and your drawers, which are full of utensils, plates, dishes, bowls, cups. Wow, we've got a lot of clutter in the kitchen. Oh, just wait till we get to the garage, or as the British say, the garage. Then we'll go to the bathroom if anybody has to do their business. Just make sure you wash your hands. And if you can't find the TP, there's some extra TP under the sink. TP is toilet paper. The British call it loo roll. It's a really important one to know. Then you've got your mat. You've got the mat on the floor, and some of you also have a bath mat so you don't slip. I also have a bathrobe, and my daughter does too. That word, I believe, is albornoz. It's made out of the same material as your towels. Then, of course, we've got soap, shampoo, conditioners, moisturizing creams. Those are my wife's, I promise. We've got a hair dryer. Tampons, oh, those aren't mine either. Toothpaste, toothbrushes, 
mouthwash. Damn, we've got a lot of stuff in the bathroom, too. Oh, and don't forget about Lara's toys for when it's bath time. Then we've got our storage, because we don't just have everything strewn all over the house. So we've got to store things in closets. We already talked about drawers and cabinets in the kitchen, but in our rooms we have closets. And that's where we can hang our clothes on hangers. I love it when things make sense. Or you can fold them and put them in the drawer. Either way, you don't want them to get wrinkled because then you're going to have to iron them. And then that adds some extra chores. And of course, that's linked to your laundry room where you have your washing machine and your dryer if you have one. Oh, and how can I forget? The dishwasher in the kitchen. It's my favorite appliance. It's a lifesaver. So don't mix those up. Dishwasher, washer, and dryer. And of course, we use our washer and dryer to do our laundry, to do a load of laundry, una colada. Some people also have a study room or an office. I'm very lucky I have an office slash studio in my house. It's also a bit of a man cave, cueva de hombres, we call it. It's where I keep all my stuff and where I hide when things get crazy. I hope my wife's not listening to this. Consider it like my playroom. And a playroom is where the kids keep their toys. Sometimes you can keep the toys in the closet as well, but I hope you don't have any skeletons in your closet. And this means any dark secrets, which, by the way, we're going to take a look at some expressions in the bonus episode. We'll also take a look at some fun facts. We'll look at the basement, the attic, and the garage. Also the yard. We'll look at homes and houses and pop culture. The dark side household chores, and tons of vocab and idioms. All of that in the bonus episode. So I hope this episode has felt homey to you. There's the adjective we use. And I hope you think I brought the house down. And to bring the house down is to keep the audience entertained. And lastly, I hope you'll join us in the bonus episode of today's FYI.